This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Listening to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9, I'm Christine Wong. And when you're leading a team or a company, there are a multitude of ways to show intelligence. Maybe you're very financially intelligent, maybe you're very interpersonally intelligent. But to take your team to the next level, you have to be emotionally intelligent. Joining me today on the line is Elif Malmquist, Director at Talent and EQ Consulting, to talk about how we can become emotionally effective leaders. Uh, hello, everyone, and thank you, Christine, for having me today. Uh, I'm director at Talentum EQ Consulting. We are doing leadership training, emotional intelligence training, gender uh, equality training, and sales training. Mm-hmm. So we are HR development company. Fantastic. Now, before we jump into how to actually become an emotionally effective leader, I think we need to define real quick that there is a difference uh, between two types of intelligence, right? So obviously, we want to talk about emotional intelligence today, but also there is cognitive intelligence as well. So tell us a little bit about both those things. Absolutely. Uh, I'm better to start with cognitive intelligence, that IQ is, uh, is usually a measure of your personal information bank vocabulary, mathematical skills, and visual motor coordination. And of course, uh, IQ is always the most important when we try to hire people or we will want to take the people to different universities. I usually say that it's fantastic. You have a high IQ, congratulations. You will probably live longer, have more academic success and be better paid than someone with a lower score. But I also add in and said, don't get too carried away. High intelligence is a useful tool, but not a guarantee of success. That's a very interesting because we need to have other skills to be successful. Mm-hmm. Is that the emotional intelligence coming in the picture? So emotional intelligence actually is not a new uh, phenomenon. This is the way we know that uh, it started from the first human being time, the stone age time, that the human has to uh, deal with different emotional skills like what to understand, how the other people want, other human beings want, the how we react different situations, uh, social situations mostly. So this has been uh, become more popular in 1995 when Daniel Goldman wrote a book, became one of the bestsellers, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ. Hmm. So scientists start thinking how emotional intelligence can be measured. So many scientists start using photographs of the frowning face, answering questions such as uh, certain, like, what has happened? Are you feeling guilty? And we start measuring all these questions that actually activate our emotions Hmm. and that also gives us the opportunity to see how we perceive and express ourselves how we develop our main and social relationships cope with challenges like we do right now with COVID-19. 
Mm-hmm. So basically, you have to sort of have both. But for the purposes of today's interview, we're going to be focusing primarily on uh, emotional intelligence and why it's good and also how to improve it as well. So uh, tell me a little bit about the link between emotional intelligence and being a good leader. First of all, it's extremely important to understand what is emotion and is how connected with leadership. Uh, I will actually start with uh, one uh, research made by Christian Byron at Syracuse University in New York. Uh, regarding this um, uh, research, uh, she looked at how managers use emotional information at work. And uh, basically, emotion was used to provide emotional support and also to be more persuasive. So it's extremely important to see the result was were, were very different for the uh, could see the gender differences. So women use emotions as way of supporting others more than men did. And men, other hand, uh, use emotions for more persuasion much more than women. So it was extremely interesting to see that how our emotional uh, skills. Uh, empathy, uh, social understanding, uh, decision-making, everything who has been connected with emotional intelligence showed us how we, as a, as a woman or man, how we perform as a leader and which areas are affecting our leadership. Mm, I see. In your personal opinion, do you think that one thing that contributes to someone potentially being a poor leader is a lack of emotional intelligence. Yeah. So the emotional intelligence and leadership is actually is very much connected to understand how can we increase our ability to focus attention what we are doing. So if, if you're a leader and can see the big picture and that you need emotional intelligence because if we only concentrating the numbers like uh, IQ, I mentioned before that mathematics skills and that gives us a more high level IQ that only concentrating what is uh, important for our KPI or or uh, what is the top line, bottom line, it says nothing about actually our leadership. The leadership is something that you start to see what is happening around and how you can read emotional expression, the people are working as a supervisor or for you or subordinate. So so you create much more understanding environment and much more productivity to work together and understand together with that kind of intelligence. So for me, yes, it's extremely important. Right. Interesting. So tell me a little bit about if there's a way to measure emotional intelligence. That's why we have in our assessment, uh, we actually have an uh, emotional intelligence 2.0 assessment to test that we have 133 questions that we're measuring different, 15 different competencies. And those 15 uh, different competencies is covering actually the self-perception, self-expression, and that's where you're talking about emotional expression, assertion and independence, interpersonal composites, when the social responsibility, um, decision-making, problem-solving, reality testing, 
stress management, are we flexible, how our stress tolerance, optimism, so all are included in this uh, assessment and and we can actually, with numbers, can measure the results. Mm, okay, very interesting. So in the age of the pandemic where, you know, a lot of us have uh, changed the way we've worked pretty much fundamentally, Tell me a little bit about how you think the pandemic has affected our understanding of the importance of emotional intelligence. Uh, extremely high. Uh, we know that the first step in confronting stress is to engage your self-awareness. And during the uh, pandemic, many people uh, actually lost connecting themselves because uh, suddenly they have too much stress on them. They have to work from home. They didn't know how to handle the different situations. Uh, they might feel wound up, wired, or overwhelmed. Uh, a lot of people start to have tension in their neck, back, and shoulders. Uh, some people actually went to the hospital. They told they have a COVID, but it showed that they actually have very high level, high level stress because they start suffering from headaches, dizziness, all the symptoms that you have uh, from COVID-19. So under stress, our mood turns sore. So we start to reacting differently. Some people couldn't go out and, and, and during the your time, of course, it's, and the, uh, the increased depression and anxiety. So all these things are very much connected with our limbic system uh, in our brain that is also very much connected with our emotional intelligence, of course. So, so we're being stressed out to, to cannot control uh, our daily work is affected everything. Mm, so we, that's why the emotional intelligence is extremely important to understand and having consciousness over what is happening around us mm. so we can easily to deal with. Right. Now we're going to take a short break, but after that, I will continue speaking to Elif all about emotional intelligence and how we can continue to improve on that in the age of remote working. So do stay tuned. Raise your game on BFM 89.9. Benchmark for managers. BFM 89.9. Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong and on the line with me today is the director at Talentum EQ Consulting, Elif Malmqvist, to talk about how we can become emotionally effective leaders. Before the break, we covered the differences between cognitive intelligence and emotional intelligence, as well as why emotional intelligence is important to be a good leader. How can someone improve their emotional intelligence? Only one word I need to, I would like to say is consciousness. Consciousness is everything. Uh, so if when when I do my assessment and we discuss about and when the people said oh they look at their numbers and say that I immediately tell them look please do not concentrate the numbers numbers are not important here it's important we discover ourselves and and to do so we need to have consciousness so the, the, this is the best way to start training our emotional intelligence because. When we do things and we know what we are doing, suddenly our brain takes the signal and give us that response immediately and understand and, and, and 
easily to deal with the situation. If we don't know what we are doing and we will continue doing it, of course, that creates another uh, difficulties in our life. Mm -hmm. So when you say consciousness, so essentially, you know, being aware that you might need to start working on becoming more emotionally intelligent is already a form of becoming more emotionally intelligent. Uh, When you become more training and when you start training your uh, consciousness, so you actually addressing your self-defeating belief system. Mm-hmm. It, it, it uh, actually identifying and moving away from the from hot feelings to cool cool feelings. So hot feelings have a is effect of our moods, our thoughts, but the cool feelings actually less intense. So that helps us to deal with a different situation. So instead of we getting really warmed up, we can start. Uh, put off uh, one second in, in, in the consciousness and, and start thinking, okay, how should I react to this situation? So give us some moment to react differently than only immediately showing our, our hot feelings that we call with uh, rage and fury and all the depression comes up together with Mm, Right, I see. Now, I do want to ask a little bit about your other role as a gender advisor as well. You did touch upon this earlier uh, before the break uh, a little bit on the differences in how men and women use uh, emotional intelligence as well. But uh, you specifically also perform in the role of a gender advisor. Can you just briefly tell us a little bit about what that is? Uh, Yes, I worked actually as a gender advisor for European Union monitoring mission before we came to Malaysia. Um, and the gender advisor is a responsible for gender mainstreaming and the proactive technical support to the company or the organization. Um, and I don't want to uh, say gender advisor should be a woman opposite. Actually, we should both she and he needs to work with all departments and departments to ensure that gender equity principles are incorporated into all policies and activities. That's the gender advisor's main role. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, how that would actually take place within a company. You know, what sort of uh, policies or uh, initiatives would a gender advisor uh, start to take a look at uh, when joining a company, for example? I think it's the, the most basic and most important one, actually, when it comes to salaries. Uh, so obvious, uh, and, and this is not only the... The, here in Malaysia, actually, many countries are uh, facing, unfortunately, these issues that men get higher salaries than women. And even though they are doing the same, exactly the same job, they have exactly the same background, but some reason, they, and, and I believe they also have the, exactly the perfectly well negotiation skills during the, the job interview. But some reason, men get higher salary than women. And that's the gender advisor's role to uh, help uh, managers, train them, and also give them a proactive technical support that I mentioned before, and incorporate uh, the different thinking into all policies and activities. So this kind of unfair treatment uh, cannot occur. Right. And, uh, do and that you, can, cannot be acceptable. Right. And do you have any insights uh, into progress here in Southeast Asia uh, in terms of gender equality in companies as well? Yes. Uh, it's getting better and better. 
Um, and, uh, and, and, and I'm so glad that I can also give some influence uh, through my work. Uh, I, I have when I have a, a meeting with HR managers, uh, we discuss these topics, and uh, I'm gladly hearing that uh, many HR managers here in Malaysia are actually into it, and um, they have different organizations are also supporting us, um, and and we try to really work together, and and uh, find positions there is uh, and candidates that we feel that should be more gender equality. Hmm. And all this, I guess, goes back to, you know, being an emotionally intelligent leader, right? If you are, you're going to be conscious of your, your yourself and some of these issues and you're going to work harder to ensure that there is better, you know, diversity and productivity in your company as a result. Does that sound about right? Exactly. And we have to also ask ourselves, what can we do about it? How can we change it? How can we influence things? And maybe we cannot change change things immediately. Maybe we don't have opportunity, but how we can influence it? And we have social media. And thank you, we have journalists like you to put this topic uh, in, the, in the map to discuss with us. So yes, we can actually do things together. Absolutely. And, and put in more, more effort in it. Thank right. you for that. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much to you, actually, for coming on the line today with me and talking all about being an emotionally effective leader and also a little bit on uh, the role of uh, gender advisors in uh, companies at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to speak to me about all this. Thank you very much. And please, it, it's extremely important to do uh, and ask yourself how emotional intelligence offers a path to gender equality. Mm. This is extremely important for us to use emotional intelligence as a tool and and, and identify, identify and see the big picture and how you can master those areas that you can actually put your info. Fantastic. Yeah, what a wonderful call to action for uh, all the leaders out there listening to today's show. So uh, thank you very much to Elif Malquist for joining me on the show today. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And if you've missed any of today's podcasts, you can download our app. The app is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And you can also head over to our website, bfm.my, to listen to the podcast as well. You've been listening to BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.